and welcome back to another episode of Speaking Literally, where the books speak for themselves. I'm Liz. And I'm Holly. And it is only, as of recording, nine days to go till Christmas. Ah, and it's book club is, day. And it is book club day. Where is the year gone? I mean, seriously. I don't know. It's... We are now on our, we're on our penultimate episode of the year. And yeah, it's... It's just crazy how quickly this year is just flown by. I know, and it's I we say this every year. It feels like every year goes by a little faster. <laughs> and I was I was just telling my my son um, earlier in the week. I'm like, there's only like 22 weekends until graduation until he graduates from high school. 22. That's 20. nothing. I know, oh. and I'm like, ah, yeah, that's so. crazy. 22 it's weekends. I know. I love how you measure things at weekends. That's <laughs> well, because you know, it, it's like you know, the weeks. Like knowing that there's 22 weeks doesn't sound as long as saying like you know, there's still five months. That sounds like a long time still, but 22 weeks doesn't sound quite so long. Um, you know, or if I was to say there's still like, I don't know how many days. I you know me and math and counting doesn't doesn't go together i but i'm like and a hundred like saying a hundred days a hundred days to me still sounds like a lot i don't know oh well we digress on the opening part of our show uh yeah i mean technically 22 weeks is much more than 100 days it's like oh like 140 right like 100, 140 150 something like that yeah because that's true 22 times 7 i could have done that <laughs> so <laughs> Stop! It's almost the holiday. I have holiday brain. It is. We are nearly there, and yeah, we have got a fun show for you. We've got the the ladies coming back for our final book club of the year. Um, so we thought we'd give for something a bit different. Obviously, last year our Christmas um, book club book was uh, like a traditional festive rom com uh, called Just Like Magic, uh-huh. <laughs> not just like Home. That was the previous oh. one. <laughs> Um, yeah, just like magic, which was really cute and really sweet. But we thought we'd go for something a bit kind of bit creepier and a bit kind of still on the winter theme. Uh, so we've gone for the winter spirits, ghostly tales for frosty nights. So we'll be talking talking with the girls in a bit um, to go through that book. In the yeah. meantime, we have got your usual dose of bookish news and upcoming releases. So first off, obviously... We have got um, quite a few different prize winners uh, because it's that time of year. Season. It's award season. It's season. <laughs> <laughs> it is award season. Uh, so we've got first of all the 2023 Booker Prize winner. Uh, now, if you remember, we actually had like a little bet going on this one. Um, last Our second year, bet in a row. Like we did this two years in a row now. Yeah, last <sighs> year Holly won, uh, and this year Holly won again. <laughs> So basically, whoever whoever is, is is running next year, my vote they need to listen because I'm a great predictor of who's gonna win. We we literally just go by the cover and the title, so this is purely <laughs> luck. This is I did luck. read the blurb. <laughs> I did read the blurb. It was so I was actually thinking about this because I knew you were gonna say that. I was thinking about this last night. It's kind of like. Forty percent. This is this is this is how I pick. It's about forty percent cover, forty percent title, 
and 20% blurb. I love how precise you are. That's a very precise way of measuring. <laughs> um, so the Booker Prize winner for this year was Prophet Song by Paul Lynch. Um, and it was a dystopic, dystopian novel by Irish author Paul Lynch, uh, depicting the struggles of the Stack family, including Eilish Stack, a mother of four who is trying to save her family as the Republic of Ireland slips into total- totalitarianism. I think that's right. <laughs> but see, it had it had me a dystopic. Like dystopian. I love dystopic books. So I love a good dystopic book. I know. I mean, we don't have a lot of them anymore. The Irish authors are the best as well. Well, there you go. So, uh, it reminds me of, um, did you hear about Shane McGowan passed away a few weeks ago? Oh. From the Pogues? Oh. You know, the, the age-old song, Fairy Tale of New York? Yeah. He's a, he was a singer for it. Huh. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. You know, and also his uh, sister is um, a writer who I've reviewed a few of her song, a few of her books on. The Trial of Lottie... Um, Lottie McRae? No. <laughs> Lottie Ray. Lottie Ray. There you go. The Trial of, of Lottie... Yeah, of Lottie Ray. Um, and another one that I've read this year. So, yeah. Very sad hmm. times. Very sad times. But, yeah. All right. Uh, Unhappy news. Yeah. What else? What other prize winners do we have? So, well, I the prize, the the one I'm going to skip to. The announce of the winner hasn't come out yet, but this was one of my favorite awards last year, and it is the um, oddest book of the year award. And I can't. I I I need to look up to see who um, who won it last year because I, I. I don't remember what it was, but I remember being so funny as the title. But they've announced. The, uh, by the way, the winner has. Been oh, the winner has been announced. Okay, so I need to find out what the <laughs> what that is. So, um, Liz, will you do me a favor? Will you look up while I say who the the six finalists were? Will you see who won? I sent you the link. Oh, perfect. Um, okay, so the so the six nominations for the oddest book of the year are the Twelve Days of Christmas, the Outlaw Carol that wouldn't die. By Harry Rand. <laughs> I just love I just love the titles. Like it's the best. The next one that's up for the award is Back Valley Ferrets, a rewilding of the Colorado Plateau. <clears throat> I love ferrets and I would totally, totally have a ferret as a pet. Totally. Um the next one Danger Sound Claxon, the horn that changed history. By Matthew F. Jordan. Okay. There's, there's no, there's just no words. <laughs> the, the next title is the best. Okay. Book number four that's up for this is called Dry Humping, a guide to dating, relating, and hooking up without the booze. By Tawny Lara. I wonder if we can get Tawny Lara on our show. I would love to talk to her. Any of these authors. I would love to talk to them. Um, Oh, this is a good one. Any 10-year-old boy would want to read this book. I fart in your general direction. Fluctuant, what's that word? Flatulence? Flatulence in popular culture. By Don H. Corrigan. And then the last one that's up for it is The Queerness of Water, Troubled Ecologists in the 18th Century 
by Jeremy Chow. That's amazing. I mean, uh, that's a really strange title, but that sounds like the most boring book ever. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner, which actually kind of surprises me a little bit. <clears throat> I know, the winner of the oddest book of the year, or the oddest book title of the year, is Danger Sound Claxon, The Horn That Changed History by Matthew F. Jordan. I mean, that one was a pretty cool one. I'd say that's my second best one. I think the dry humping should have won it, really. <laughs> oh, one, I agree. 100% dry humping would have had my my vote for sure. So, But also the uh, the cover of Danger Sound Claxon is on the link. It's pretty cool, actually. It's very um, kind of, it's a very dystopic kind of 1984 look about it oh interesting so there so maybe we have to yeah so so there you have that all right i mean i don't think i'd want to read a history about a horn though i don't know i could do that no i I don't think so either but (laughs) the but the first one like the um the 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 carol that the outlaw carol what was that one that could be interesting yeah the, 12, the, 12 days of the 12 Days of Christmas, the Outlaw Carol That Wouldn't Die. I think that one sounds interesting. <clears throat> no, that does sound interesting. But, you know, who are we to, to judge? <laughs> We're podcast hosts. We That's right. That's our job. <laughs> We're required to do that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it is our job. <laughs> all right. Now, let's do, let's do the next one. The next one's super fun. Uh, the the Goodreads. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking which one. I know. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> There's only one left. That, that is true. Um, so yeah, the the Goodreads. Obviously, the last episode we were saying that the first round of voting was now open, and now they have announced all the winners, which I did have up. And uh, since since now uh, they seems to have disappeared. So. I will continue talking, but there have been quite a, a few good winners, which we were very glad about, that we actually, we found we did vote for. Uh, for example, the fantasy went to, obviously, Fourth Wing for romantic mm. fantasy. Well, yeah, it's the, the rom the rom to see because there's a rom to see and a fantasy. Fantasy didn't go to Fourth Wing. It didn't. Fantasy went to Lee Bodega. Yeah, for Hellbent. Yeah. And then and young then, adult fantasy went to Divine Rivals. Yep, which you're currently reading at the moment. I'm current, so that's, that's one of my cool. current reads, yeah. Um, some of the other kind of highest ones that I'm pretty sure that Holly also voted for. Uh, Romance went to Happy Place by Emily Henry. Absolutely. Which, as you guys may remember, was a book that we read as part of our um, book club a few about six months ago now. Six, yeah. nine months ago. I think it was like, what, May? May or June? So, uh, something like that. Um. And for fiction was Yellow Face by R.F. Quang. And this was the person that wrote Babel, which I really enjoyed last year. And um, Holly still hasn't got around to reading, even though I know for a fact it's on her 12 or 23, because I put it there. <laughs> it is. It is. It's there. Uh, you know, and honestly, I am going to finish. I need to finish Divine Rivals. And then I, w- I haven't read any Christmas books yet and like any holiday rom-com type books yet this season. So I am going to read uh, December to Remember by Jenny Bayless. And then I'm going to read Babel. 
Didn't we read some of Jenny Bayless last year? We did. It's like the <gasps> Christmas bookshop, I think, was hers. Oh, no way. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, the one, one of the ones I read is, do you remember we um, spoke about one to do with Jack Frost and baking? Yes. So I read the first two last year, and the third one um, came out this year called Holly and Mr. Ivy. And I read oh. that one this year. It's very cute. There's another baking one, which, as you know, I love. Yeah. Are those <laughs> are those Kindle books? Uh, Kindle Unlimited, yeah. Yeah. They're all free. It's all good. Yeah. That's how I'm getting through most of these. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but back to the Goodreads, one of the things that um, I found interesting was Wayward by Amelia Hart took home two awards. That was like the big, big book winner because yeah. it, it won for historical fiction and for debut novel. That is true. I, I, I do own that. I haven't read it yet. But it does sound, it's had a lot of kind of good press on Bookstagram, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, I mean, pretty much all of these I've I've heard of, um, except for history and, history and Biography was The Wager, A Tale of Shipwreck, Mutiny and Murder. Not really our kind of cup of tea there. No, but it sounds um, interesting. I'm all for like mutiny and murder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not like, and I get it's like, Okay, that came out cross bad. All right, I I like a good thriller, a good horror that's fiction. I get that this one is like nonfiction, so I'm not like like thrilled that this happened to real people in real life. But I mean, shipwreck, mutiny, and murder would definitely like attract people to try to figure out what that book's about. I'm just loving how Holly's trying to definitely dig us out of the hole. Right. I'm just gonna <laughs> keep shoveling. <laughs> Um, going back to the list, so Young Out Fiction is a book that I've been wanting to read for a little while. Um, it's Check and Mate by Ali Hazelwood, um, which is the author of The Love Hypothesis, which Holly is still yet to read. And it's a very good YA, um, YA romantic, romantic uh, contemporary fiction. So, yeah, that one's also well-deserved. Uh, Holly has made it in to, to the horror section. Yes! With her, with her, with her mutiny and murder. <laughs> Stephen uh, King tells my story very well. <laughs> so Stephen King's Holly um, won horror. And, of course, our um, one of our favorite authors, so the author of our favorite book of 2021, uh, of course, T.J. Klein, is the winner of the science fiction category for In the Lives of Puppets, which I still haven't read either. Have you read that one? I have not read that one yet either. Yeah, I need to get to that one. I think I've only read one of his this year. I read uh, Wolf Song. That oh, that's why I remember when you read that one. I had, I don't think I've read any of his books this year. It's been a weird book year for me. So, But hey, I read I Married a Naga. <laughs> that's your highlight of the year, isn't it? That's, I'm definitely that's, favorite that's my <laughs> oddest book of the, of the year award winner right there. That's my spoiler for next our next episode, which is our year in review. <laughs> oddest book of the year. Definitely I Married a Naga. I have to think about that. I don't know what my oddest book of the year would be. No, see? But we've I'm talked sure about... about the ones. Yeah, you'll ha- you have some time. You have like two weeks, so start working on that. <clears throat> um, yeah, so... Good, good selection. I love, you know, I, mm, I do love how definitely. Goodreads does their, you know, People's Choice Awards and the, the you know, the the two rounds of voting. And um, 
it's really kind of cool to see what comes back. And it's always fun to see, oh, I read that one or, oh, I voted for that one. Um, yeah. So. Definitely. That's super fun. Um, all right. So um, we are going to take a quick break. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's one more thing. One more thing. Um, something's been renewed. We always like talking about oh, adaptations. So tell us a little yes. bit about what's been what's been renewed and what's happening, and then we'll take our break. Okay, so yeah, um, if you are a fantasy or um, yeah, a fantasy fan, um, you may know have heard of Terry Pratchett or Neil Gaiman, and you may know that they wrote a book called Good Omens um, years ago. Like we're talking several decades ago, and. This has been going on for, I think, two seasons so far. Um, it's with David Tennant and Martin and Michael Sheen. I love David Tennant. He yeah. is, like, one of my favorite Doctor Who's. <laughs> he is very good. Um, but he's, he's brilliant in this. And he's with Michael Sheen, um, who you know from Twilight uh, and many mm. other things. Uh, and they have uh, – the show Good Omens has been renewed for a third season, which is exciting. That's on Prime. So if you Prime, definitely check it out because it is very good season very good show interesting so yeah that is our our news for for december well for the first part of december <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i'll have to add good omens to my long list of um other things i need to watch um like season two of shadow and bone um which i, st- I still haven't watched lessons in chemistry be, see now it's just gonna be sad because you're gonna be watching shadow and bone going I wish I this was continuing, but it's not. <laughs> but maybe it'll help me knowing that it's that, that this is it and there isn't anything else, so I can just kind of like suck it in and not be like, "Ooh, I hope next season they do this or next season they they, mm. they do that." So yeah, I don't know. It ends. It ends when it's about to get even better. That just makes it worse. But you'll see. Oh, well, if it ends yeah. on a cliffhanger, that's gonna like but, suck. I, mean, I just won't watch the last but, episode. <laughs> you have to watch the lot. Oh my god! No, but, but to be fair, um, have you signed the petition? There was a petition going around to save the show, um, and there was pretty. Um, it was quite a, a sort of a high volume of signatures. So I haven't seen know. it. Oh, well, let's yeah, cross our fingers and hope. Um, you know, but I, I, I mean, I get it. It sucks, budget, but with budget cuts and everything, and I get it. It sucks, but it is what it is. I guess. So, Bloody Netflix. I know. Really? Well, maybe. Well, here's the thing. Maybe like Prime or um, you Apple, know, TV. Apple TV or, or HBO Max, or I guess it's just not called Max now, or Hulu. Maybe one of the other streaming places will pick it up. Might do. You never know. So there's still, there's still hope. <laughs> That's what I'm going to go with, that there's still hope. All right. Hold on well, to the hope. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with um, some of the upcoming releases, what New York Times bestseller list looks like, and then it'll be book club time. So we will be right back. And we're back, and we're going to just kind of jump right into um, the bestseller list provided by the New York Times. And Liz just told me during break that she hasn't peeked at the list. So this is going to be like a surprise to her. So we're going to have her predict. What do you think number one is? Oh, okay. This, what for the, for the combined one, for the adult one? Yes. The com- it's like oh. the, comp- the, the combined print and ebook. 
see, I'd love to say Iron Flame, but I don't think it's going to be number one anymore. I think it's been it's been quite a few weeks now, so I think Iron Flame is probably going to be like number two or three, perhaps. Okay. Uh, number one. Oh, I... see, not many books have come out recently. We've been talking about this, so yeah, there haven't been any big releases that would be number one. So I don't think there's going to be anything new. So that means it's got to be an existing one. That is correct. It is an existing one. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to just, just, I don't know, full swing? You are correct. No Num- way. Yep, yep. Number one is fourth wing. I th- and, and number two is Iron Flame. And my speculation, <laughs> see, look at you. And your, your speculation is probably similar to mine. I speculate because... Iron, like, Fourth Wing came out, and there was so much hype about it. But then Iron Flame came out, and it rejuvenated the hype. And so all those people who kind of like, well, I'm not going to read Fourth Wing right now, are now going back to start with Fourth Wing, and then moving into Iron Flame. Because Iron Flame was number one for the first, like, two weeks it was out. And then, and and Fourth Wing was number two. And now for the last two weeks, it's been flipped. Really interesting. No. I have seen that, to be fair. I've seen quite a few people on Bookstagram um, promoting Fourth Wing and saying they're reading it right now. So I think, yeah, I completely agree. That's what it's doing. It's really brought back that hype. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really good news. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's really well-deserved. That's so Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Does that mean that – is this the Christmas number one or not quite? Have we got one more? We have one more next weekend. Oh, what? Oh, the next next Sunday then, isn't it? Come, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need so, to check them, find out yeah. what Christmas number one is. Exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. And then number three is the Heaven and Earth Grocery Store. Um, that one, we didn't talk about this up in the, in the, the news, our bookish news segment, but this was Barnes and Noble's 2023 book of the year. Um, and we tend to see when when books are announced as books of the year like that, they tend to get back up into into the top five. Um, so that's How number three in, in the charts for. And ha- did, what did you say? It hasn't been in there. I know. How long has it been in the charts for? Just, has it been out for a while? Uh, it has been. Um, let me. It has been on the list. Well, it's been on the list for six weeks. Um, so so it hasn't been out that long. Um, it's by James McBride and it's, um, and and it just like the little quick, like one sentence snippet just says secrets held by the residents of a dilapidated neighborhood come to life when a skeleton is found at the bottom of a well. So, well, um, fair enough. Yep. So then to round out the top five, number four is John Grisham's The Exchange, which has been on the list for about two months now. And then this this Icebreaker by Hannah Gray. So this one is just, it's. I feel like I just see it everywhere. It's, it's like one of the more consistent romance, sports romance books. Is that the hockey one? It's the hockey figure skating one. Okay. Yeah, it says yeah, Anna's in everywhere. Everywhere. It's like Anastasia might need the help of the captain of a college hockey team to get on the Olympic figure skating team. Um, 
So yeah, but it's been it's been on the the New York Times bestseller mm. list for twenty five weeks. That's like five months. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So and and, and I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense why it's why it's climbed back up now because ice skating. It's obviously got the winter vibes. So yeah, it's and it's just been it's just been one of those ones like you know like fourth wing, like it's one that when it came out you saw it everywhere and then it kind of died down a little bit yeah. same thing with like iron flame it's everywhere and then it dies down icebreaker is one of those books that i feel like it never was like everywhere to the popularity level of like fourth wing yeah. but i feel it's more consistent like i can scroll through bookstagram and every day i'll see like a post yeah about icebreaker mm-hmm. but i could go a day without necessarily seeing a post about fourth wing or iron flame so yeah no i completely agree i think it's kind of like you have kind of the average um exposure and icebreaker is slightly above average whereas when yeah as you say when fourth wing is peaking it's like majorly above average you yeah. will see it like everywhere um so yeah that's pretty interesting i think i might have to check that check that one out sometime. i know and i keep thinking that too and I've done, I haven't really read a ton of romance. Because you know me, I kind of get burnt out because I get like, I get so frustrated <laughs> and annoyed by, by them. Um, <clears throat> and I read, I just finished one called Back to the Burbs, which was, was oh, yeah. cute. And then, but I I haven't gotten into like, usually this time of year, I read like three or four like holiday romance books and I haven't yeah. read any yet. So I'm thinking that that might be why I'm like, oh, I need to read a romance. Um, you need to get on it. You need to get on it. Because, I, I mean, know. look, it's, it's, it's the 16th already. I think I I've read know. about three so far. Two, two, three, something like that. So mm-hmm. I'll get on it. Yeah, three, actually. Three. <laughs> I'm about to go on a two-week vacation from, from exactly. work. Exactly. So you've got loads of time oh, to read. Got tons and of time watch to read. all the TV series. TV <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> um, all right. So the last one to kind of announce from the New York Times bestseller list is the young adult hardcover. It is still it is still Murtog by Christopher Polini. Um, that's the wow. the book that's in the Aragon world. Yeah. So it's it's surprised. I'm not either. It's it's definitely hanging tough. It's been it's been sitting at as number one for about five weeks. I don't think that anything has knocked it off since it came out. Um, but again, like well, like we've been saying, we've the last few weeks has been so like lacking in big book book um, releases. Yeah, I haven't seen any <coughs> big ones coming out, so it's not really surprising that it hasn't been knocked off yet. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, thinking of that, because I'm looking at the the top five for the young adult hardcover, and every single book has been on the on the list at least five weeks. There is not a single new release yeah. in the top five. Um, like Divine Rivals is up to number two. Um, it's been on for 25 weeks. The other ones have all been on for five. And then I go back to look at the first list that we went through, which is the combined print and ebook fiction again there's not a single new book on that like fourth wing 32 weeks iron flame five weeks the heaven earth grocery store six weeks john grisham's exchange eight weeks and icebreaker 25 weeks so and i think when we when we do our show in two weeks time it's not going to be any different because i've like we've already looked at kind of the upcoming releases for december and there's just not not anything else so january is going to be kind of there's a lot of big, 
big books coming out in January. I know, I think Sarah J. Mass has got her next one coming out ah. uh, Crescent, for Crescent City 3. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot of kind of big titles coming out in January. So that'll be good. Interesting. <clears throat> so, oh, well, I'm just I kind mean, of. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm sure that early releases in the new year will be a big topic for us in our year in review episode um, in a few weeks' time, which I'm very excited for. This is our third um, year in review. So that's always a a good good laugh, Um, looking back at the the books we've read um, and kind of the books that we've enjoyed each month. Yeah. Um, to wrap this little piece up, I'm looking at the children's picture books. I love kids' picture books. I miss the fact that my kids are now older and don't want to read picture books. But um, <clears throat> one of my – and this is funny because one of my personal children's favorite picture book is number three on the list. And it's actually nice. been – Yes, it has been on the list. And, again, I don't do math. Um, <clears throat> so, Liz, help me out. It has been on the list for 425 weeks. How many years is that? <laughs> 52 oh. weeks in a year. So, eight. Isn't that something stupid, like seven or eight years? It's got to be at least eight years. Because, yeah, it's it's got to be, like, maybe even eight, over a little over eight years. Um, Wait, how, how, uh, what's that number again? 425. Okay, I'm I'm cheating. I'm doing calculator. Yeah, I would it too. is just yeah, it's just over eight years. Okay, which That's so <clears throat> so it's my just, son. It, what number was that? It's no, it's the number three book. It's so I'm going to tell you what it is. But my kids love this book, and this is a book that we discovered at like their their kind of exiting picture books because my son was nine, okay. like well a little over eight years ago. My son would have been nine, and um my daughter would have been seven. So they're, you know, my son probably only listened to it because I was probably reading it to my daughter. But it is, it is, it's still one of our favorite, favorite books. It's Dragons Love Tacos by um, Adam Rubin. It, okay, that's, that's a great title. <laughs> it is so much fun. It's just like, it's like all these different dragons eating tacos. And it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's such a fun book. So to see that one from my kids' childhood still on this yeah. list is kind of crazy. Um, but that's just a random thought. But yeah, so if you're listening and you have children who like picture books and you have not discovered Dragons Love Tacos, I highly, highly encourage it. I, it was one of those books we had to read every night as part of our, our, our stack of books. So yeah all right so that's where we are on the new york times bestseller list all right liz what's coming up we already kind of talked about nothing coming up but what's coming up (laughs) yeah so this was a bit of a struggle uh for the next two weeks but we have a few coming out uh we've got heartstopper number five which is by alice oseman um so that should probably appear in the the YA section of bestseller because that that one always gets into the bestseller list. Yeah, I um, guarantee so we'll it'll be. Time. Yeah, it won't be next week because it releases next week. So in like the week that we record our yeah. year in review, I'm anticipating it to be number one. Exactly. Um, fun fact: uh, I didn't. I've already said it before, but on season two, the most recent season of Heartstopper, the college art college is actually my old university. That is so is, cool. Yeah. It's How pretty cool. fun I was is like, that? Oh my god! 
That's pretty cool. Um, but this is out in the US on the 19th of December, so <clears throat> literally uh, in a few, day, few days' time. In the UK, it's already <coughs> out. Um, it came out on the 7th of December. So then we go to a book called Familiar, and that's by Lauren E. Rico, um, and that's out both in the US and the UK on Boxing Day. Um, so keep out an eye out for all of those Boxing Day sales. We don't call it Boxing uh, Day in the United States. It's just the day after Christmas. They don't have a special name for it. It's just Maybe we do, December. but it's oh, just... Okay. So for all of you... <laughs> I mean, most people know that Boxing Day is December 26th. <laughs> okay, if you didn't know that, now you know it. So if, if Liz ever refers to Boxing Day, you know she's talking about December 26th. I'm sure every all of the Americans listening were like, oh, yeah, she's definitely a Brit. She could have Boxing Day. <laughs> Uh, and finally, the the only kind of biggish release coming out is Ruthless Vows, which is the um, sequel to Divine Rivals uh, by Rebecca Ross, and that is out both in the US and the UK. Although UK is Kindle only until January uh, on twenty sixth of December as well. So yeah. bit of a, a strange release date for quite a, a biggish author, but. Yeah. I mean, she hasn't got much competition, so. And that's, you know, you think about that when, like, you talk about, like, when uh, the summer blockbuster movies get released, like, what movie is getting released yeah. what weekend and what's their competition. Um, and, yeah, Ruthless. That will probably be top top five on our next one. Yeah. And especially with, you know, Divine Rivals is at number two right now. Um, exactly. It just won the good you know, the Goodreads you know, choice award for young yeah. adult fantasy. This one's coming out. It's the series. It's only a duology. So this is the last book, um, in the duology. So it's the conclusion as well. Um, so oh, there's, okay. a, yeah, so there's a lot going in this one's favor. <clears throat> so, oh, yeah. 100%. um, yeah. So, so yeah, we, pred we predict, uh, for the next one, we are going to see hot stuff. number one, uh, I reckon ruthless Vows number two, and then I reckon divine rivals number three. Because it'll have it'll do the same. Because I think it's going to be the same full swing and Iron Flame again. It's going to be yeah. the whole. People are going to want to what read Divine Rivals still, so that they can read Ruthless Vows. And then I wonder if the same thing's going to happen that after a couple weeks that they'll flip and Divine Rivals will be ahead of Ruthless Maybe, Vows yeah. for all those people who want to read Ruthless Vows but know that they need to read Divine Rivals first. Maybe, but then I mean, in Jan by that point it's January, so we've got some big names coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. So then I have more competition by then. Mm. So yeah, be interesting. interesting. Yeah, so that is our our very few. I don't know how we're gonna like find upcoming releases for the next one, but to be fair, in two weeks' time we can start talking about the January. We'll talk releases, about the January so. releases. Exactly. So, all right. Well, we are gonna take a break, and when we come back. It is going to be um, book club time. And like Liz said, we're doing Winter Spirits, which is a collection of 12 short stories. And there will be, every story is going to be spoiled. So if you haven't read it yet and you want to, pause, stop listening now, go read it and come back. We're not going anywhere. We'll be here. Um, or if you don't mind it being spoiled and you've already or you've already read it, then um, just continue listening. It's it's going to be definitely a fun, a fun, a fun time um, to see how we all Liz and I have already kind of talked about where we align. But, you know, Jen and Steph are always the, the wild cards and in, in their opinion. Yep. So 
All right. Definitely. So we'll be right back after the short break. And welcome back. It is book club time. So we are Yay. so excited to welcome Jen and Steph back. Hi, ladies. Hello. Um, so thankfully, Jen is feeling better. She was sick last time we recorded. So, um, but she persevered through it because she's a trooper. Um, yep. this, time, this time, her ailment is her broken ankle. But... <laughs> We're wishing you the speediest of recoveries. I know that you said that you're in the PT stages of it, so yeah. um, hopefully you'll, you. you'll be running running around soon. So, All right, ladies. This month we went in a whole different direction than we've ever gone before. We decided to do an anthology of short stories. They were um, with Winter Spirits by 12 different authors, 12 different stories, all very, I mean, all gothic in nature. Yeah. So let's dive in. Where do you want to start? Jen, you said that there was so much to talk about. So I'm going to let you start. Well, the one thing that I didn't like is that they're novellas. So I don't know how anybody else feels about them because they just stop. And you're yeah. like, that's it. <clears throat> and a lot of these just stopped. Like I had to go back mm -hmm. and I'm like, is that really how that ended? Hmm. Did anybody else? Yeah, some of them did that? have like very like two sudden endings. They didn't some just them up nicely. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. They were all like historical, which is totally my jam. And <laughs> um, yeah, I do historical everything, but um, I just thought that some of them were just so good. Okay. And I've never thought about reading a ghost story at Christmas. Yeah, you don't really, I mean, like, obviously you think about Christmas Carol, which is kind of like a yeah. ghost story, but yeah, other than that, it's it's definitely a new genre for me for Christmas. I usually go either rom-com or occasionally like a Christmas thriller, um, just because I see them cheap in the works. Um, but I do, yeah, I completely agree. There were some that were really good. Um, historical fiction is one of those sort of genres that I'm starting to get into a bit more. Um, I've read a few in the past few years, um, but it wouldn't really be my go-to. But the one thing that I would say, and I know that Holly um, agrees, we spoke about this before, is that the title of the book was The Winter Spirits Ghostly Tales for Frosty Nights. So it wasn't, they didn't have to stick to the whole gothic horror historical fiction. I think it would have been nice to have a few more contemporary ones. So you yeah. bring it, have a few few modern ghost stories just to kind of mix it up a bit and to have a slightly different genre mix. Interesting. I would agree with that. Um, I will say, Liz, that you have broken my heart because I assume that every British person has nothing but a spooky Christmas. And it's like <laughs> Christmas stories all day, every day, because that is the life I want to live. Oh, um, so thanks for bursting my gothic <laughs> Christmas bubble. That's but, her image every time she thinks about where you are. Like, that, isn't that the joy of being British at Christmas? Is <laughs> like Victorian Christmas is a thing. Yes. But um, I did think that it wasn't like it is Tales for Frosty Nights. It isn't Tales for Christmas Nights, even though Christmas was all sprinkled in all of them. Mm -hmm. But yes. I did. I wanted a little bit more of a, a Christmassy bent to some of them. 
they yeah. all <clears throat> did kind of follow that same historical timeline the same types of themes yeah. there wasn't one that was like overly festive or one that was more modern or what like they all did kind of not tell the same story but they all existed in the same like similar themes like yeah, along the same the, things wasn't it all in the uk also all of them i don't think any of them were in america um the catherine award one Oh, yeah, I thought that was America, wasn't that? Yeah, yeah, because I think they were going to go. Yeah, weren't America, they going to go to like yeah. New York? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think I I do agree. I think the majority of them were set in like um, like overseas. Yeah, overseas. Yeah, yeah like England and Scotland. Yeah. And, um, but no, I our era is just creepy back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I agree with what you guys are all saying. Like historical fiction is not my, <clears throat> it's it's not my jam. Um, which is why, you know, it, it's, I enjoy reading one every now and then. And then I love having, I'm going to love having this conversation because it is Jen's jam. So whenever mm -hmm. you, you know, um, have a genre that you're not kind of like, it's not your thing, but it's someone else's. I love hearing that, that different perspective. Um, but for me, I liked some of the stories. Some of them just kind of fell flat for me. Um, I agree too with Jen's statement about like the, like the ending of the stories. It was just like, mm -hmm. it just period next story we're moving on and i'm like wait yeah. a second like there there wasn't a lot of closure on some of them um but my biggest biggest issue is kind of what steph steph kind of talked about was i felt that by the time i got to like the fourth story i felt like i was just the tone the mood um, the, the the same themes was just being repeated and it that repetition yeah. just kind of like it weighed on me a little bit um <clears throat> and i just felt like there was just so much similarity and i like liz said we kind of talked a little bit about it earlier that i just i wish there had been more diversity and mm. um and i love the, the 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 christmas aspect of books so that but i get it like like you said it's it's not you know christmas spirit it's winter like winter nights so i i did like the the cold and the snow that kind of alluded and wove itself through all of it and you had some advents and then some christmas and you had the story about krampus and um so there was there was some i liked that subtle like allusions and hints to the holidays um but i just i I really struggled to get past the the repetition of the structure of each of the stories. So, so I have a question. Yeah, because I love historical fiction too, like absolutely my jam. Mm. And this is a maybe an off topic or too deep question, but like just because they're set in the past, does that make them historical fiction, or does that is that just the time frame because I wouldn't have considered any of these really historical fiction. I feel like that is maybe more for me, a definition of like a story sent around an event in the past, as opposed to just set in the past. For me, these were all very Gothic, mm -hmm. like American yeah. Southern Gothic, which is not my preferred genre. So like that piece is weird to me because I didn't latch onto that historical fiction that it sounds like you guys did. I was like, Oh, this is, all gothic all the time which is not necessarily my favorite so i just think that that's interesting like I, to me a lot of times it's just the language um but i mostly yeah. just read um historical romance but also it's what they're wearing what they're driving in um yeah 
the cultural you know, pieces, the, like the culture, like how they like just interact the culturally, and yeah. how they had that first story, how they had them move into their their house and um, the poor house. Um, that to me, because I feel like a, several of them were not really historical, historical, like what you're saying now that yeah. I'm thinking about it. But it did still have that. Um, they're not driving cars. Right, definitely yeah. some cultural. Yeah, yeah, And I love gothic. Like I, I, I love the kind of like that that gothic aspects and like the creepy grittiness that comes with the atmosphere of of a gothic story. Um, and but I think it's it was the blend. It was the blend of like mm-hmm. the 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 qualities of a, of a historical fiction that Jen was talking about mixed with with the gothic i might have liked some of the stories a little bit more if it was more just focused on the gothic piece versus the inclusion of so much of those historical um cultural kind of in, like interpersonal interaction kind of like I th- rules i think when it comes to the writing style of all the stories, it was very much gothic horror mm-hmm. because the way that they were written, like they were, a lot of them were very slow paced, very kind of descriptive. So you think yeah. about Dracula, for example, it felt like most of them had that same kind of theme, the same writing style as Dracula, um, where you had the, the build up, that slow build up, um, and then kind of the big re- reveal at the end, um, which Again, I feel like that was a little bit too repetitive. I would have liked to have had ones that were like straight into the action, like quite fast paced, and then others which were had that slowness. Because um, I like I like a good slow sort of slow pace, but it just felt like they all almost that like like <clears throat> each writer was told, okay, this is how we want the story to be laid out. This is yeah. what we want it to be like, and it felt like they were almost trying to to fit each of their stories into the same mold. Mm-hmm. It's funny and because it's be really dangerous. Yeah. Cause I just yeah. looked in the book. Cause I was wondering if like these were previously, like if these were stories that had been written and they were just kind of compiled um, or if they were all, Hey, we want to put this, this little book together here. Authors, we would love for you to write a short story kind of within those parameters, Liz, like you just said, because I looked um, in the book and all of these stories were copyrighted in 2023. So these are well written, especially. They're yeah, they're all new yeah. stories. So it seems like they were all written specifically for this kind of like this collection, which makes me then wonder if they were all this is what this is the type of story we're looking for for this book. And here are your parameters. Yeah. Well, this year, this year I read a Christmas um, romance historical, and they all had to write about being at the same ball. Okay, and it, that really worked. So you would see the next one; they were still at that same place for Christmas. But you know, it's this huge ballroom, and there's all this stuff going on. Or they're on their way, or they've just left the ball. But they are all writing about the same place, but it's different characters. So I that was the first time I'd ever experienced that. Right, I think I would that. like that. That sounds cool because yeah. it's like the same the same event, but told from different points of view. Yeah. And I love yes. multiple points of view. Yes. Yes. That sounds interesting. So was it all like the same location, same time of year? Like the yeah, exact they were same all events? there together. They were all in it, you know, hey, in a ballroom. Okay. Back then, you were crammed in. Yeah, and they that were just, cool. you know, it was probably like two hundred people in there. And they, so you know, and I wasn't paying attention when I started reading, but then it would mention that, and I looked back, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're all writing about the same 
ball that they're at for Christmas. What, what book That's is it? Uh, Was it by quite a few different kind of big writers? It's several... Uh, I'm going to have to go to my good reason. Yeah, we, we definitely need, we need to know. <laughs> it sounds really interesting. <laughs> I actually, I think I got it through um, Book Sirens. Mm. They asked oh, to um, read it. Like, I need another place to get a book. I know, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> Too funny. Um, okay, so let's start talking about some of the, while, while Jen is looking up the title of that book, um, some of the stories that are in there. What are what are some of the stories that jumped out at you, or what stories do you kind of want to talk about first? <clears throat> I, well, wish, it, I wonder okay. what the prompts or what guidance the authors oh, were given yeah. in these, um, mm. if any at all. Um, because like we were talking about, I do think it's kind of unusual to have 12 different authors essentially write with the same voice. Yeah. Like there was not a lot of difference from story to story and being able to tell like who wrote it, which I think is unusual in short story collections. Um, but for me, something that was kind of interesting was the, like the repetition of being stranded on an Island. Like how many of these stories <laughs> happened on spooky islands at, at least four although my favorite one of that has to be the salt miracles oh, oh I, salt miracles. one of my favorites for sure. one of my favorites too. i really that one like really stood out because it was just it's different it was so different from all the others but here's the and thing that like, but not only were they stranded like some of them stranded like on an island but there was also a lot of just the person is in isolation in general Mm-hmm. Um, like they're just like you know the the one where the gargoyles where she goes and she writes like she's mm-hmm. kind of like she's like a little bit one. isolated like there's a lot of isolation um, but yeah the yeah yeah so here it is oh. the grand, grand mistletoe assembly interesting ah huh yeah cool that's a cool I rate. mean their novellas is similar to this you know, it's not a full length, but you know, story or whatever. Right. Hmm. But I thought that was neat. I like the good. the way that it sounds like they structured it. That sounds really cool. Yeah, the yeah. grand assembly. So you can kind of tell they're all at the same place. Yeah. And I wonder how this would have been different if, since they were all kind of given, like they're all writing from the same voice. If they were, if it was, you know, take like the salt miracle. Um. And, like, everybody wrote from a different character's point of view that was on that island with the, with the salt situation. Like, that would have been cool, too. Yeah, that one scared me. I don't think any of the others really, like, spooked me out as much as yeah. that did. That one was so weird. That was really good. Like, I was awake <laughs> again when I got that one. I'm like, oh, this one was really good. Because it was either before or after that, the gargoyle. And I was like, what? just happened (laughs) (laughs) salt miracles the story right after it also talks about the woman who was on who was banished to an aisle that sounds almost exactly the same and so i was like are we going back to the same place i was so excited and then it wasn't it was two different islands with almost the same yeah because i did want to know more about that like i want to see more people show this place that is basically unescapable has anybody read the ruins by scott smith no it is one of the greatest horror novels ever in my opinion 
and Salt Miracles was a lot like that. Like is I think I I think I've read it. Is it where they're in like I think they go to like Mexico and mm-hmm. there's like this the, like a little hill and they're yep. like yeah I've read it and I've also seen the movie. <laughs> See, I've not seen the, the movie. movie? I thought yeah. I I think I've seen the movies because they can't get out of there right because mm-hmm. like the vines table. and stuff and they can't yes. yeah that was a really good movie so i can it's, imagine the book was probably phenomenal the book is incredible but salt miracles reminded me of that a little bit where like once you're in the place and the things are happening like it's kind of inescapable and then what would happen if you were able to leave like would you still oh, really turn to salt like i actually i i watched this film this year during halloween it was good wasn't it it was really good yeah, yeah. i mean that was actually really well done Oh, I didn't know that was a book. Oh, okay. Okay, now I must read the book, yeah. The book is better than the movie. Yeah. It's they always are. one of my favorites. <laughs> but yeah. the salt miracle, what freaked me out is that the whatever was trying not to get near him because he if you're only near him for so long, then it happens and I would be freaking out. Yeah. Mm. Like, get away from me. I have to yeah. get off this island. Definitely. Like, this is all. And then that whatever was happening to her her something out of her ear was turning salt i would be like ah we're swimming (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna risk the cold water once you've been exposed there's nobody coming for them yeah i don't think there's any going back once you've been exposed yeah Yeah, i think that yeah exactly and so then what's that guy's story right is he like is he cursed? Is he a demon? Is he on the island in isolation because he knows what he does to people and he's trying to avoid them and then all these people keep showing up? Like, this is my problem with short stories and novellas, which is a writing style I've only come to embrace in the last few years because yeah. so many of them leave me wanting more and I just want to read a full-length novel. Yep. Like, yeah. I want to know about that guy. He's clearly, like, not trying to terrorize people with his abilities. Right? He's trying to isolate yeah, himself away true. from everybody. And he even warned the guy. He's like, yeah. like, go to the other side of the island. Stay away from me. Like, yeah. I think he got put there as a curse, and now he's cursing others. So somehow yeah. he was banished. Yeah. That's, you know, that's yeah. what I, that's what I made up in my head after it, it was, like, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I need more on that one for sure. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. That was now, definitely, that, 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 that was my favorite. Did you guys not like the first one with the seance? Uh, I liked it enough that it, it like I thought it was interesting. I'm like, oh, okay. It was a good it was a good hook for me to get into yeah. continuing to read the other stories. Yeah. I'm like, this is stuff. yeah, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was interesting, you know, I'm like, there's there's nothing so better what did than you guys think when he was at the window at the end, like what did that mean? I thought the end was really rushed. And so I felt like it was a really good story that drew me in. And then once the, like the final portion of the seance is going and they're trying to like draw the daughter out. and Yeah. When they took the baby doll outside, I had to read that part again. I'm like, okay, so what happened? Yeah. And so I thought he smiles. So I felt like the only thing that came forward was like a demon. Yeah, because like, yeah, because the very last sentence of the of the of that story says, "But his eyes are stretched wide as mouths, and with all his teeth he smiles." Like, yeah, it yeah. sounded like that was the evil, like some sort of yeah. evil entity. Like now they're forward. really in trouble. <laughs> but it, was it an evil entity? Was the dad evil the whole time? Like, 
or was it the guy like there was somebody that was like that 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 i can't remember what what word they referred to it as but the guide for the little girl like Mm -hmm. was it the guide that came through and he's like he kind of manipulated the entire situation so that he could be the one he could be the entity that kind of comes out through the seance interesting Hmm. And basically, the the lady doing the seance, she just burns up or something, right? Yeah, like she basically I'm... catches herself on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she that's the end on that one. But I thought that was good for a novella. I thought it was what? they had a lot going in there, and yeah. you're like, wow, what just happened? Yeah, I think it was a good, it was a good start to the mm-hmm. to the book. Because it wasn't, I wouldn't say it's one of my least favorite. It wouldn't wasn't one of my favorites, but yeah, it's definitely a, a really kind of good, a good intro into the stories. Yeah, um, my, well, I think the first, the first one in the list for me, which I particularly enjoyed, is the old play. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. I think it's, I think it's the, the drama lover in me. <laughs> but I love yeah, that the one. Whole kind of... That one really creeped me out. I mean, to be fair, I knew what was going to happen about, like, near the beginning. I kind of worked out it, it was clearly going to end with him dying. When they're saying all about, oh, with what we're going to do, the proper ending, and there's going to be a big surprise. It's like, you're going to kill the guy. Yeah. Yeah. You're being sacrificed, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a snuff movie. <laughs> I did and like that his... It was pretty sinister. Mm-hmm. And yeah. where was his son the whole time? Like, does anybody have a thought on that like what happened i know he comes out doesn't he come out at the end they think it's him yeah it's like he joins the other children like yeah you know, he, he was supposed to stay down up. below but then he comes up and he does like the little scenes with the like the, the children and that yeah, was that was, was kind of weird watches. yeah <clears throat> it was creepy it was kind of creepy it makes you wonder like did he know what was going to happen to his dad like did they bring him into it it definitely seemed like a like that he had been like brainwashed is probably the nicest thing that could have happened to him. You know, like he was kind of like possessed mm. or taken over by the spirit of whatever they had used to turn this <laughs> from a play into a real yeah. situation. And I, that I did like about that story is like when you have like the, the council of people or whoever that like were putting it on that they yeah. were like, okay, we're going full witchcraft with this. Like no more mirrors, no more this. Like it was almost more like instead of them doing the play like they did a ritual and i did like like, that was definitely one of the more original stories Mm -hmm. and i thought that was a cool aspect to it yeah Yeah. definitely like the old play wasn't one of my favorites out of it but i i did appreciate the difference like the different structure like it wasn't an abandoned house or like yeah it was a good concept it was a a good concept yeah I guess for me, it was like, I knew, like Liz said, like, you know, right away kind of how it's going to end and it's just kind of progressing through it. Um, So not my least favorite, but not one of my favorites. So, yeah. Um, Okay. uh, Jen, which, what, uh, what story kind of stood out to you the most? What, which one did you particularly love? um, I think the other one that I liked that I thought was, a great ending was a double thread. Isn't that the one where she makes her that dress? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that one a lot. That yes. one in the first one, I just loved the seance, even though I would never, ever go to one. Um, <laughs> I, 
Oh, thanks. You did a great job. Because people can really ruin that. I've read about other seances and stuff, and it just wasn't believable. But um, that double thread, that that woman mm. was just awful. Now, yeah. that's the one where she's in New York, right, that we were talking about. It's coming back to me now. No, that's Jane. No. The one with the yeah. sisters. Yeah. This they one. end up in New York, though, in this one. Remember when her husband gets out of... Um, oh, because her husband's in jail. Yeah, they end up in New York in that one as well, yeah. At the very end, she's back wherever they moved to. Remember they said he was going to start yeah. over, and then she's on those stairs. Because they were in London. Person. They start in London. Yeah, they start in London, then they end up in America Yeah, after he gets out of jail. Yeah, right there at the very end. Mm-hmm. She was such a witch. I was like, yes, you she are dying. Terrible. <laughs> I, I did like that one. That was higher yeah. up on my list, for sure. Because um, I thought it was just a creative approach to it. Yeah. And the dress just sounded really cool. Like the Oh, it sounded like, beautiful. Describe yeah. it. Yeah. It was, it was fancy. I liked the one with the girl, uh, with Ada, where... Like, she was supposed to be the apprentice, but then there was actually the ghost and, like, with the little girl with Eleanor. Uh, that I don't the remember that one. one. That's the one where she, like, hides in the table. Oh, the senses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she gets to the house and there's actually, like, the fog and she actually helps find the girl's body in the whole bit. I, I like that one. I love okay. Oh, stories. that's right. They just tend to usually not be as good as I want them to be. Mm. Um, like when Holly and I read Seance Society. Yeah, it wasn't as good <laughs> as we thought. <laughs> but I, that one I thought was a fun uh, twist on that. I liked her like being the victor over the people who were you know trying to yeah. take advantage of her and and the whole thing. That was like, that was good. I. Kind of the one that I was most anticipating was the Katrina Ward one because I've loved her previous stories mm-hmm. like Sundial, Lost House and Needless Street was a masterpiece. I have to admit, yes, it was different to the others, but it was kind of a bit of a letdown for her. I and didn't feel like we really she did Jenkins. When they're in New York and Maine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that I, little kind of I, ferret of an animal who like when I, she lies he gets stronger. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that one, I just I had like trouble hanging on to that. I just feel like we she could have done so much better because some of her writing has been so superb, and this I just feel like one one of her weaker pieces. I don't know if you guys agree with that. I agree, I and that kind of that kind of takes takes me back to the thought that you know did her writing suffer because of the parameters that were put on place mm. for what was expected for these stories because right. they, again they're also all about the same length the same number of pages they all have the same yeah. everything so um i'm wondering if that those that structure impacted it because i that was the one that i was most anticipating as well because i i love her work um i i love her writing i love how she kind of manipulates story ideas and i just like i liked jenkin i liked that kind of creepy creature yeah kind of concept yeah it just it and i don't know maybe it's also the the aspect of the short story novella kind of thing where like like we said already i'd rather read it as a book i would rather like i just feel like Mm. that like she still had like these complex 
ideas that you see in her novels, but she didn't have the ability to flesh them out, so it felt underdone. And I think that maybe that's why. Yeah, I think if she had been able to have more space and been able to flesh out more, I think we might have liked it better. And I didn't like any of the main characters in that story. Um, I have a problem when I don't like the main character. If Mm -hmm. I can't find a way in to find something that I find interesting, I just didn't like her. Nothing really happened. And then she has this terrible relationship with her sister. And then she saves her at the very end. And I'm like, well, that was kind of weird. Um. No, it was a it was a very strange one. That one just didn't quite. Yeah, it was a bit now, of a letdown. I Steph is looking a little bit confused. So, <laughs> so the one I love, I'm just now looking over these again because there were so many of them. The master of the house. That was my favorite. The governess. Yes, I love that. It just went off the rails there at the end, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is they're doing such a good job with this. That one was not my favorite. I didn't oh. like it was the most one that I expected because it was most Christmas carolly in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was I just thought it was I guess since I considered it being like, oh, this is like a Christmas carol, like he's going through and seeing like scenes of the son's life and stuff like that. For me, it was the most underwhelming because it was the most expected story. When they mm-hmm. find her in that bag in the lake, I was like, woo. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy that. My two, my two favorite were the oh, salt, the salt miracles, and the master of the house. Um, the scene in the master of the house where the he, um, where the master of the house catches the one guy in, in the kitchen. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. That, that was, was a little. Gruesome. That was a little gruesome. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've got to admit that was quite a, a good one. I think because of the fact it was more. Dickensian as such I think that's also partly why I liked it because like this time of year is kind of perfect Dickens kind of style and yes. I think because they stuck to that kind of theme it just seemed to work mm-hmm. so what about like you know we talked about oh that was creepy or that scared me what do you think out of all of the stories what do you think was one of the kind of creepiest or kind of Ew, moments out of any of them that you read. I thought Inferno was the creepiest one. When they've got, you know, all the bodies was... in the crypt and all the things that Ooh. have happened to all the different men and like That was creepy. Yeah, that I thought that one got the darkest probably, like mm-hmm. the more the most traditionally like scary of mm-hmm. all of them. Mm-hmm. And that was weird because it was like they're 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 manipulating people to kill themselves. And that's, mm-hmm. that yeah. is just, ooh, messed yeah. up. <laughs> that is messed up. I mean, Steph hasn't read it yet, but uh, the the last one, Carol of the Bells and Chains, the ending of that one was, like, creepy. Yeah. With the whole, like, sack. Yes. And I... I, I kind of liked it. I like I like the legend of Krampus, anyways. Mm, so, yeah. um, so that one, I kind of like. I felt like the host was a good one to start with. I felt like mm-hmm. 
the Carol of Bells and Janes was a good one to end with because yeah. it was something yeah, that, like, you know, we're kind of familiar with having heard of him and, and that idea. And that was more of, like, that, that kind of scary Christmas thing. So yeah. it, you, you got a little bit more of the Christmas spirit to it. Sorry, Steph, we're spoiling the whole thing for you. <laughs> oh, it doesn't bother me at all. You, you can talk about yeah. it. I, I've never heard of um, Krampus. Oh. Yeah, you yeah, look him up. He's a very creepy guy. He's very creepy. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And I thought the other thing, um, now, the other one, the, the second to last one, so the other one that, that Steph didn't read was Widow's Walk, um, which I thought was interesting because the story was much less about the Widow's Walk than it was about yeah. the actual woman that's involved in making these fans. Um, this one I thought had... The, for me, I don't want to say the biggest twist, but the biggest, huh, didn't see that coming. Yeah, um, me too. Me too. For, yeah, because she's building the fans and she has this little shop and she has her workers and everyone's building the fans. But yet she's making this very special fan, but she makes it at home. And so it's just like you don't really get why until the very, very end when the person she made the fan for gets the fan and you're like, Oh, that's gross. I, I, I worked it out. The point that I worked that out, out was when they said yellow roses, um, two yellow roses, one for each adulterer. Mm-hmm. And because previously they'd said about um, he, she was making it from special material. Usually she makes it from a certain material, but she has something extra special this time. And when they said about the two adulterers, it's like, hmm, okay. So yeah, you have you a put lot of two hate, and two but... together with that, yeah. yeah. All right, let's see if Steph can put two and two together with that. What do you think the special material is that she built, that made this fan out of? It sure sounds like skin. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. But you really don't see it coming. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I love the sorry. concept of that one. I love the concept of that one. I did feel like it could have been written a bit better. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, the writing was a little bit weak for it, but I think that yeah, I loved the concept. I loved kind of the whole, the whole idea of it. I yeah. think it could have been like maybe it just needed to be longer. Maybe it just needed more meat to it as such. <laughs> I, I think um, it suffered what what a lot of them suffered from, and just that limited yeah. space. Um, it, like mm. even if it had just gotten a little bit more page length and could have fleshed even a like little 50, bit more, seventy words pages, yeah, yeah, just flesh it out a little bit more to get um, some of those additional people through there. Because I mean, wasn't the longest one was like forty something pages, which even for a novella is very, very. It's not even a novella; it's, it's it literally short. is a short story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. very, very short. And I they don't think... read anything under fifty pages. Yeah, I think it's a waste of time. Yeah. And these were all right around 40 pages. I know. Um, Somewhere even so, shorter. Somewhere like 30. Yeah. So I think they <laughs> range from like 30 to 50. Um, yeah. Uh, so like, so we haven't, we've really kind of talked a little bit about all of them. We didn't really talk anything about, without just mentioning about the gargoyle. What did you guys think of the gargoyle one? Meh. It was okay. Yeah. I didn't like it. Why, what didn't you like about it? I mean, I was creeped out when she kept seeing him or whatever, but then when he was just writing and then it ended, I was like, really? Yeah. 
Steph, what were your thoughts? Because like, you're, you're the same. So, you were kind of like, eh. Did he rewrite the whole story? <laughs> I mean, is that what he's oh. going to do? Like, nobody said it. Well, it wasn't really uh, yeah. rewriting, was it? Because she hadn't, well, I think she wrote a new, brand new story, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he was he helping her write yeah, he, be, yeah, he story. wrote her story for and her. And she's going to be a bestseller now? or It was weird. I wonder if, like, what her editor's connection <laughs> to that location was. Like, did he know that that was going to happen? And that's why he yeah. sent her there. The, I guess for that one, it was kind of hard to tell, like, even what the point mm. of the story was. Like, are they... Because in so many of them, like, they're dealing with grief or they're dealing with the isolation or it's just yeah. spooky. That mm-hmm. one was just really more, like, kind of aimless. Like, both her life and her being there and then, like, kind of the purpose of the story in general. Like, I really didn't understand what the author was trying to, like, show as a experience there. Like, she just didn't do a lot. She would waste whole days in, like, three paragraphs. And you're like, what? What did you do with it? You just sat around and drank the wine that was in the cottage? Like, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but... Yeah. And she wasn't even really scared of him when she went in that room. I felt like she no, was just startled. I mean, maybe it's because she because she'd seen like seen him at the corner of her eye several times. Oh yeah, Perhaps out of the building. Kind of she was, if he was in my room yeah. going through my <laughs> papers, I would have screamed. <laughs> I would have went, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, she saw him writing and she was that desperate to for a, for a decent book. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's having a little bit of writer's block. Yeah. But I just thought that her and, like, I think maybe she was in a darker place than the story was, honestly. Like, mm. if you're out wandering a town square, like, at a church, praying for help, and then you realize that there's a gargoyle ahead of you, like, above you, my first thought would not be, ooh, I wonder if those people thought I was praying to a gargoyle. Like, why would people think that? You know, but, like... <laughs> Was yeah, and then of... that man comes by and says, don't look at him. He's right? looking, always like, looking for someone. Yeah. It just I did find that quite... See, I I thought that, that bit was quite interesting. The fact that, obviously, she was intending on, obviously, praying to God. And she actually ended up praying to the, the gargoyle. And the gargoyle kind of made her, her wishes come true, her prayers come true. Maybe the gargoyle is her fairy godmother. She was <gasps> making a deal. There you go. Fairy gargoyles. <laughs> fairy gargoyles. <laughs> Everybody needs a fairy gargoyle. Don't we all? Yep. So funny. So all we right. talked about all of them? I think the only one we didn't talk about then would be Banished. The one that's right after. Oh, Saltmore. All right. What are your thoughts on Banished? I don't see. Here's the. This is how I judge whether or not I like the the story or not. You is if I remember rem- it. If I, if I remember it. I, I don't remember, remember Banished. I don't remember it. Wait, so. no, nobody can remember Banished. I can't remember Banished either. Oh, that's the one that was based on a true story. Oh yeah. In Edinburgh, 1754. Yes. It's starting that's... to ring a bell, but I remember it remember. one being based on a true story. Oh, uh... Wasn't this one... Am I right? Is this one about, like, the witches? Yeah. It's the one where... Oh, Oh, I remember now. I think I remember. Wasn't it about the woman who um, was banished by the husband? Because... And then she was basically pushed from pillar to post, different islands, um, and then she eventually just died, like, 
On several. Oh, yeah, and they're going to retell her story. Cause she's she can is she is this the one where that um she, she left she can left go late. into the house and um hear spirits. Cause she um yes yeah, she left um her story oh and her no her story was being written like the spirit overtook somebody didn't didn't they did she kind of let is wasn't that it that. <laughs> we have honestly we have no idea what the story is about. <laughs> Wasn't it the wasn't it? The, oh, yes, it is that one. The one staying in the room. The house, yeah, the woman and then tells she... her the actual story. She smuggles the story out, and then she shares the story, and the guy is yeah. publicly shamed before he dies. That's the one. That's right. I remember that was actually pretty good. I don't know how we forgot that one. <laughs> And it was like, yeah, coming after Salt Miracles, it wasn't something that was going to stand out. It was just like, mm. I, mean, I was, was upset yeah. when they said it was based on a true story, though. I was like, oh, man, that's awful. Yeah. yeah no, Did anybody look up the real story? story? No, not yet. No. I was just trying to get through the books. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have to finish them. I know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up. Edinburgh, 1754. I don't know what exactly defined, but I don't know. Banished woman, dead witch. <gasps> Steph has a kitty cat, and Liz has her dog. We have additional guests on our show. My dog can't decide whether she wants to stay in. Okay. All right. So talked a little bit then about all the stories so liz what was your favorite out of all of them um probably salt miracles i really enjoyed that one i thought that was just very different from the rest of them and it kind of it kept that tension throughout so a lot of the stories the beginning bit you didn't really get the tension because it was more kind of setting the scene, describing the location. Whereas this one, it felt like you had that tension pretty much from the start because they started with the whole finding the, the um, getting to the island and finding this priest who was going crazy and kind of saying, let me off the island. Mm-hmm. And then we found out the, the truth about it. So I think, yeah, I'd say that was my favorite. How Steph- about you, Jen? What was your favorite oh. one? Oh. I was going to go around the corner. Jen, you can go. Oh. Uh- <laughs> Really, I think overall, Carols of the Bells and Chains was my favorite. Mm. Um, if I had to pick just one, but I, I liked really liked like four of them. Like I loved the first one, and um, of course, the one we all loved, the Salt Miracle. But I just thought they did a really good job with the kids, and then I loved how that whole thing played out, even though she was freaking out. Um, that was really scary for me. Like if I had been, you know, even a teenager and somebody was telling me that story, it would have, you know, scared me. Um, my grandma used to tell us scary, spooky stories when I was younger. And I thought about that as she would just make stuff up and scare the crap out of you. <laughs> Which is funny then that you've never heard of Krampus before. Nope. I know. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Huh, interesting. All right, Steph, what about you? What was your favorite? Definitely Salt Miracles. 
Um, I liked it because it was different. I liked the imagery of it. I thought it had the best like pacing and grip yeah, of all definitely. the stories. I also like the kind of balance between like these people coming for miracles and getting the one thing that they wanted and then there being a price to pay for that. Yeah. So I thought that, that was a that really was very interesting clever. aspect of the story. Um, and like I said, like it reminded me of of the ruins and just this like what people do when they're met with an inescapable scenario, right? Like at the end where it's like a new set of people are coming to explore it. And you're like, no, don't, because you know it's ahead for them. And now, <laughs> you know, their face. Yeah. So I, I really liked that. It definitely seemed like that was the best ending for me of all of them. Mm. And now I'm never going to be able to think of that story again without thinking of the ruins. Now I have that, like, <laughs> that connection in my head. I'm like, oh. It is very similar, isn't it? Yeah. It's very like, similar. It is very similar. And, of course, well, you've already said yours, but, Holly, what would, what would be your, your favorite one again? My favorite one is probably the Salt Miracles, but I I really, really like the Master of the House and Carol of yeah. the Bells and Chains. Those would be my other two yes. really, really close follow-ups, all for the same yeah. reasons that you guys have already said. I felt those were the most the most unique, most different, um, most, you know, out of the the repetition of what we were seeing throughout based on that that structure of these books i thought those were the three that really kind of tried to go in their own direction with it and everything so all right well there you have it winter spirits i think short it was stories. a good uh, short story experiment for us yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the first, it was the first anthology we've done, and it was very different from our usual Christmas reads. So, yeah, yeah, I, think I love a, that part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it was very it was as wintry as Christmassy. So, yeah, eh, it was wintry. I think it was pretty well. Yeah, Christmas vibes. Krampus is Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Next year, ladies, let's do like a Christmas. Christmas. We'll get back. We'll get back to the cozy Christmas rom-coms next year. Oh, I don't know that we have to do Rosie rom-com. We can do like a Christmas, you know, horror or Christmas thriller. What is your cat doing to you, Steph? <laughs> she is walking all over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like experimenting with different books. I like the fact that we did do something very different. Um, yeah. And that also, we... Yeah. The cover is stuck. Oh, the cover is beautiful. It is a cool cover. About the art. Like, no, it is a very cool cover. Gorgeous book. We'll use it for for years to come. Yes. I love the cover. And I love the I mean, fact that the authors the authors' names are in the are in the leaves yeah. versus just yeah. being listed yeah. there. It's gorgeous. I, I was um on the back it says obviously that all the authors' like names. A child. <laughs> <laughs> it says all the author's names and then it says author of like certain books apart from the last house of needless street has anyone actually read any of those just curious read any of what and on the back, back oh yeah. uh okay so there's the binding there's the mermaid and mrs hancock the mercies the loney things in jars the doll factory the watchmaker of filigree street uh the silent companions the Square of Sevens, Pandora, and the Seven Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. I've read the Seven Deaths of Evelyn. Most well known of that list. Yeah, but I've read the Seven Deaths of the Seven. It should be the Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You enjoyed that, didn't you? 
I did. It was one of those really different, really odd. You're reading it and you're like, what the hell is going on? Um, <laughs> yeah. And you're really in, in the, and that, I think that's what kept me reading. Cause I mean, I, I could, I could see people not finishing that book, but for me, I'm like, I can't quit because I have got to figure out what is happening. And like, it's just, it's just so, so different and unique. And I don't want to say odd, but a little odd. And then you get to the end and you're like, Oh, like when it all comes together at the end, it it's, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I think I'm sure, you know, everyone has different perspectives and opinions of books. I'm sure some people thought like that was such a stupid, cheesy ending or whatever, or <laughs> rationale for why well, everything was happening the way it was happening. But I really enjoyed it. It was a book I read mm. several years ago because it was recommended yeah. to me by someone I worked with. Um, but I, I enjoyed how it was written, which may be why, I kind of like, because he's the one who, the author of that is the one who wrote Master of the House, and that was one of my favorite in this collection, and I don't know yeah. if maybe it's just because of the, how he kind of puts his ideas together that, yeah. I don't know, I would recommend it. If you're looking for kind of a weird, different, odd, what the hell is happening kind of book, yeah. the Seven Half-Lives, or Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle. What's... What's interesting is that Jess Kidd, one of the authors, who, the one who did Ada, she wrote a book called The Haunting Season, which, if you look at the artwork, is very, very similar to to this book. Isn't The and Haunting Season also an anthology? It is. Eight Ghostly Tales for Long Winter Nights. Mm -hmm. so, I assume that these two were like, it's like gotta be super linked, anthologies. So, yeah, I wonder if, if, she, if it was from, like, from her kind of she set the foundation perhaps because yeah it is very similar um artwork on the front and as yeah ghostly tales for for, haunt, for winter nights is like pretty much us <laughs> pretty much this one <laughs> yeah very interesting cool. yeah so, yeah Another well one on done. a side note i just finished i guess uh almost two weeks ago iron flame <gasps> 28 hours um i listened to it um and i wanted to throw the book i wanted to throw the whole thing across the room like 20 times i was so frustrated i don't know that i'm going to read the next one i just can't really Violet just gets on my last nerve with her drama <laughs> she she i will say if the other characters weren't there and the dragons weren't there, she she would be enough to make me bash my head into the wall because I I agree, yeah. and I have said that from from the time we started Fourth Wing, she drives me nuts, drives me nuts. Well, and they're gonna spend the whole almost the whole book doing the miscommunication trope. Her <laughs> <laughs> and Zayden, and I just oh. can't stand it. I, I just, it drives me crazy because like, like they just can't be together. They just can't be together. I just can't trust you. I, I can't trust together. you. I can't trust you. I can't trust you. But I'm not going to tell you things. But I want you to tell me everything. And and I I what are 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 we fourteen? Like that's yeah. the majority of the book. And I'm just like I don't even like you anymore, Violet. <laughs> like you just need to be quiet. But that ending, though, that ending, oh, my word. Yeah, well, it's got a pretty um, spectacular ending again. 
after 28 hours. The other book was only 24 hours. So I'm like, this, this next one will probably yeah. be 30 hours. Yeah, no, the ending was just... Steph, have you finished that again. book? Have you finished Iron Flame? Have you read it? No, I haven't read it yet. Okay. It's in my 2024 stack. My mom's reading my copy right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, See, I'm see I... Oh. Sorry, I just, yeah. with the ending, I have mixed feelings about the ending. In some ways, I feel it's like it was a um, predictable kind of cop-out way. Um, the and first I, one or the second book? The, the second one, Iron Flame. Because yeah, well, now you I... Know, you don't understand. Like, my daughter just finished it. She, she has less tolerance than even me. But she's like, what happened? There's, she doesn't explain anything. And one of my friends went back and had to reread like the last four chapters because she's like, "What's happening?" Like near the end there. Is what I I'm just saying. my my thing is I'm, so I'm rushed. I'm gonna I'm gonna read obviously I'm gonna read the next book, but my concern for the next book is it's gonna be primarily focused on fixing the situation Zayden has found himself in, and yeah, that's gonna oh, that's gonna same action. Yeah, that's gonna bother me. Um, and don't you think like nothing happened like the first sixty percent of the book? Like I thought we would focus on the new first years or something, but it's like all they wanted to do was look at that backpack every time she stepped. On the stage, I, like, I thought I thought it was I thought it was a bit more eventful than the first one. I thought there was more action. I the wasn't connected to yeah, I agree. I thought that the um, look at this two book clubs in one. I agree. I I felt like it was, it was, I felt there was constant action. Now, as far as I haven't really, it's one of those books. There's so much going on. There's so much action that you don't mm. really take a step back to say, is this action actually producing anything productive at the end? Um, but I did feel like it was it was a nonstop adrenaline rush, um, but I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it, like with the exception of Violet. Like if I had to, if I was giving stars to character, she'd be one star for me, maybe one and a half. Well, and she's telling the entire story too. It's just like give the mic to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be different than you. Oh yeah, but I'm just so over her drama. Uh, Iron Flame, a book for another day. I All right. What Steph thinks in the new year about that one. I know she's just <laughs> she's sitting there taking notes of things that she needs to think about when she reads this book next year. <laughs> well, and I didn't like at least with Fourth Wing. Like I found it to be more even keel than you guys did. Like I didn't, I didn't think the ending was like oh that amazing or like those kind of things. So like I'm already a little bit of a skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> But, you have to read it still. You still have to read it. Oh, oh it's good enough. Don't <laughs> worry. I just have no. To and there's some key things that happen. And then, um, is it Eldarna or whatever her name is? She got on my nerves too. The oh, dragon. as the no, as a snarky teenage dragon. Yeah, I, I, I mean, really, they. I just do really. Do we really think the dragons would act that way? Like, do they even have a like? They're I don't teenagers. know. They're teenagers. Of course it's going to be snarky and oh, witty. I, I, have te oh, I had teenagers, though, and I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> and then that, Sorry. that thing at the very end, it was so rushed. I'm like, okay, I think I understand what they just said. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... dragons can act any way they want to. 
There you go. She's Dragon a spoiled brat. She's a spoiled brat. <laughs> well, she's one of a kind. Wouldn't you be a spoiled brat? <laughs> I don't care. Get in line. Shut up. We got more drama over here. Okay. We should probably stop talking about Iron Flame before we go into any spoilers for staff. <laughs> I know. For staff. <laughs> we haven't really said spoilers. Anything. People who are listening to this not expecting Iron Flame might. <laughs> We didn't say there's no sneak attack. Yes, but but that's true. We haven't given any major spoiler alerts, except for the fact that Violet's annoying. But if people read Fourth Flame and yeah. found her annoying, then she's flame. still annoying in Iron Flame. Her character yeah, doesn't didn't change. Grow up at all. Yeah. So, all right, there you go. That that's your spoiler alert. Violet's still annoying. Um. <laughs> so, but if you've read it, you kind of know what we're talking about. All right, Liz. Should we move on? To either or. I think we should. Before okay. we go into spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, either or. This is our Christmas book club. Are we ready? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. We're going to go Jen, Steph, Liz, me. Okay. All right. Number one. Ghosts or evil spirits? Evil spirits. Ooh. Ghosts. 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 Gothic horror or modern horror? Gothic. <laughs> no explaining, remember. Okay. I'm going to gothic horror. I'm going to go... Are you mentally flipping a coin there? <laughs> no, she, she's trying her best not to explain her, her reasoning. It's not easy. No, because I want to combine them. Um, <laughs> gothic horror in a modern setting. I'm going to go modern. I know, I'm sorry. All right, snow or ice? Snow. Snow. Ice oh, snow. Yeah, snow, definitely. Snow, for sure. Old haunted mansion or small abandoned house? Haunted mansion. Haunted mansion. Haunted mansion. Haunted mansion. Holiday parties or holiday movies? Holiday parties. Holiday movies. Yeah, movies. Movies. I don't like people enough to go to parties. Um, oh, wait, exactly. I mean, we're, 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 we're bitquirms. We're introverted. <laughs> now, if Jen threw a party, I would go to Jen's holiday party. Oh, definitely. Um, all right. We would have fun. <coughs> yeah, we would. Yeah. Uh, okay. Skating or skiing? Skiing. Both ways that I could hurt myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you telling? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jen's the one with the broken ankle right now. You're healed from your injury. I, I'm going to get skating, skiing. I guess. Oh. Skating? Okay. I'm going to get skiing. I think skating might have the less dramatic injury. No? Mm-hmm. That's easy. For- you, you, you forget When's the last thing- time you went ice skating? Oh, it's been, it's been a long time. Street. You I can't keep on my your feet, feet straight. They're like doing this the whole time. Yeah, but I think if you, that's how I am on skis. And I think if I'm going downhill on a ski, 
I'm going to like either become a snowman because I'm like rolling or I'm going to like break every bone in my body. However, I land on snow than land on ice. And also you have blades. You're literally like skating on blades. Skating is so much easier than skating. I like skiing more, so I'm going to go with skiing. Um, But skiing scares me. I stay on like the little bunny slope that's just that little... Have you ever fallen skiing. when you were ice skating? Yes. yes. It hurts. So many times. I'm, yeah. But it hurts you. I, just, I don't, I don't skate fall. anymore. <laughs> it's not a mountain you have to deal with. No, you just go down when you want to stop. If you can't. Last time I ice skated about four years ago, I really badly like twisted my ankle mm-hmm. and it like blew up. And yeah, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gingerbread houses or baking cookies? Baking cookies. Baking gingerbread cookies? <laughs> Pretty short on the list there, Seth. <laughs> I don't you like can... gingerbread. I don't like the taste of gingerbread either. Oh, it's <gasps> the best. Wait, nope. does, that mean, does that mean you guys don't like Leberkuchen? <gasps> Wait, you guys don't. I don't know what that is. What is it? It's like a German. Lucan, say it again. Leberkuchen. It's like a German. Leberkuchen? Like, you love cooking? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to insult you. (laughs) Trying. (laughs) Um, It's like a German um, gingerbread spiced cookie. It's quite nice. It's like a soft one as well. Gingerbread. Stephanie would love it. Yeah, Stephanie, you'd you'd really like it. You would. Leuven cooking. Leuven (laughs) cooking. What is it? Leuven. I'm just going to put it into chat. I'm just going to type it into chat for you. <laughs> I'm not saying it again. Me having to pronounce it. Loop, loop. That's not going to help. Yeah, that doesn't help. Leave like, a cooking. They put letters in the wrong place. It's right. It's I have a hard enough time it's sometimes with phonetics and sounding words out um, as, it, as it is. Um, so putting like letters in places they don't belong in words is not going to help because that really looks like liba checking liba like why is there a b why is there a b have we ever gone so far off the you're right okay back on track liz did you answer this question gingerbread houses or baking cookies i didn't get a chance to <laughs> uh, cookies cookies i'm cookies as well um all right the grinch or krampus 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 all right more interesting exactly uh little white lies or brutal honesty Brutal honesty, all day long. Mm. Little white lies. Yeah, I'd probably say little white lies. I say it depends on the circumstances. But you don't get. <laughs> oh my god, Liz's face, the rolling of the eyes. Oh my god, you rolled your eyes with your whole body. <laughs> they fell out onto the floor. Yep, I'm, I'm not eyeless. <laughs> Oh, honey. I know. Okay, I would go little white lies, but again, wow, depends on the circumstances. Honey, do, do the other. 
Okay, I guess it depends on the circumstance. See? Los Angeles, I you're always... not allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a four-hour podcast. Holly's always brutally honest with me. That's the problem. <laughs> I very yeah. much believe in brutal honesty. It's just not always the right time. See? It, it, in relationships with everyone. Yeah. Nobody's honest in the South. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody but me. <laughs> can ask anybody at my job, anywhere I've ever worked, they're like, we know exactly how you feel, and we know you're telling us what you think. But I, I thought the South was known to be, like, way too honest. Like, way too outspoken and honest. No, they're fake. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, oh yeah, it's it's yeah, over-the-top sweetness. And it's just fake, 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 fake. Okay. <laughs> Thank God we're on our last one, you guys. We made it to oh, the Jen, end. Jen, you're, you're, you're really selling the South America. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't we having fun? Of course. Um, and see, and that's why I do the things I do, because I know Liz is going to react, and she'll be like, oh, my God, Holly, stop. <laughs> All right, our last one is mold wine or eggnog. Oh, I'm going to say eggnog because I've never had mulled wine. <gasps> yes. I'm really missing out. Do you like red wine? I love red wine. You would love mulled wine. Oh, how have you not had mulled wine? I don't know. Wait, 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 hang on a second. Steph, have you ever had, had mulled wine? No. Mm-mm. See? Wait, no, none of you had, had had mulled wine. And is it like the, is it, is it similar to like the Lubin cooking? Do you do you eat the Lubin cooking with the mold wine? Is it like a um, red blend or? No, mold wine is definitely like a thing they have in the states. Oh. You've just surrounded yourself with people who have never had. It. <laughs> it's really okay. So mold wine is red wine, and it's has spices added to it. So things like star anise, cinnamon. Um, cloves, and then you usually have like a, a bit of orange in it, like a slice oh, of orange, and heat it up, and it's really nice. Oh, we, I went to a Christmas market the other day. We went to like this winter wonderland for my Christmas work too. I had quite a few there, uh, but also I had one with a shot of rum, and that was even more warming. That was very wow. Nice. I would nice. love to try that. Mold wine's so nice. You have to find. We have it. We just um, have it in supermarkets where you can just literally pour it into a pan, and heat it up. Yeah, but. you can you can get it here. Then heard. that's your homework. You guys need to buy mold wine and try mold wine, Holly. I want to try it. I'm gonna have Chris gonna take yes. me tomorrow and get some. Can I get it at Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think right, I can buy so alcohol I'm at eggnog because I love eggnog. But, so I guess nobody else is gonna pick. What, what's your what's your big choice there, Stephanie? I don't really want to pick one, but <laughs> it's just I'll go with an old wine because eggnog is of the devil. <laughs> no. Did you say white lies? Crazy. That was pretty brutally you're, honest. You're not, you're not <laughs> putting enough alcohol in it. <laughs> Trust me, that that was that was a restrained reaction to eggnog. Eggnog yeah. sounds disgusting. Like from what, what? I from the, I've never had it, but it just does not sound nice. Wait, Holly, have you had eggnog? Yes. 
How weird is that? So it's complete opposites. I've never had eggnog. All of you have. And I've had mulled wine and none of you I've have. I've never had it. I just have no intention. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I, and I didn't have a lot of it. I had enough to say, <laughs> never drinking that again. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how that ended up on a recording for a podcast. <laughs> We have a lot of like holiday spiced ciders, which I imagine is very similar Ooh. to a mold wine, and those yeah. are amazing. So that's my pick. I'm going off the rails and picking something you didn't give me the option. <laughs> <laughs> we can't break the rules. We oh my god, we break the rules all the time. All the time. Everyone always chooses one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a trailblazer, Liz. Here we are. It's just mind blown. <laughs> Liz, what are you picking? Old wine. I'm picking neither. <laughs> Liz is Liz. Her head is literally going to pop today. Like Holly, me and me made up this game. You can't, you can't break the rules. You can't break the rules. Steph is like a whole other entity. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> She's well, the rules person. <laughs> but Holly, this is our podcast. You cannot break the rules. Um, okay, fine. Yeah, that's right. Our show, our rules. Um, <laughs> I would not pick eggnog because I've had it before and I, I hate it. I have never had mulled wine. I'm not a big alcohol drinker in general. Don't particularly like wine. However, the added spices, I would pick mulled wine just so I could give it a try. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. It's ever, <laughs> so basically, it's the only one that you'd be able to keep down with a sip. Because you can throw up the other one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Jen, when, when you have your mold wine, we, we want to see pictures. We want to okay. want. I will definitely send, send, yes. send yeah, send it yeah, to our I'm group. Yeah, send it to our group chat. Go tomorrow and get some. Oh. I've got all the spices. I'm going to make my own soon. I'm quite excited. I might do it tonight, actually. I just need to bake cookies. Christmas <gasps> I haven't done that yet. I need to. I know. I know. I, know. I made. Okay. I made some really nice. Oh, <gasps> so for to get in the festive spirit, I made some little parcels from filo pastry. It, that that's in America, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, checking. Okay. Um, and I. <laughs> now she doubts everything. <clears throat> I have to. I didn't know that mold wine wasn't as a big a thing. Um, my price has gone really high. <laughs> um, but no, I put I use filo pastry and inside I put brie and cranberry sauce. I'm just gonna make that this weekend. Amazing! I made them into like little parcels. It was mm-hmm. so good. Brie and cranberry is like the and bacon brie and cranberry is the ultimate combination flavor. I so good. I do it in like a sandwich or like a panini, and it's so good. Yeah. I might go do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go bacon. Thanksgiving, <laughs> and I just haven't done it yet. Mm. Interesting. Mm. All right. Well, let's wrap this little shenanigans up. I'm pretty sure this is the longest either or we've ever had on this show. Well, this uh, this whole segment, this whole book club segment, has been an hour and eleven minutes so far. <laughs> That's not that bad. That's pretty worse. A solid forty minutes of that was actually about the book. So. <clears throat> So you yeah. have to say 40 minutes of it is 
<laughs> a solid 40 minutes was about the book we wanted to talk about. A good 15 minutes was about the book we weren't supposed to be talking about. And then the rest of it has just been a hot mess. So there you have it. All right. Well, that wraps up our final book club of the year. We're so excited to be back um, with, with another year of book clubs next year. Um, can't wait. We obviously haven't picked our books yet, but be on the lookout for what we're going to read so you can read it with us, um, so you can decide if we're all full of nonsense or if you agree with us. Um, but we will be back. Liz and, Liz and I will be back um, for our year in review, we're super excited about how the timeline works out. We'll um, have our year in review drop on January 1st. So it will be a, yeah, it's not far away, like two weeks away. And it's like a legit year in review um, where we'll have all of our, our top reads of um, 2023, which is, we really, really enjoy. Um, and before Holly signs off, I just want to say to Jen and Steph, thank you so much for a wonderful year of book clubs. Um, I hope you guys have a great Christmas in yeah. just a, a very small nine days away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. It's been so fun. Lots of amazing books read. A lot of great I'm conversations had. We read next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Jen, before we leave, where can people find you online? Um, I'm on Instagram at Kindles all the way down. Okay. Steph? On Instagram at Books, Cats, Tacos. <laughs> somebody's growling i think somebody's dog is growling oh that big growl out of that tiny little dog it's my daughter's dog oh uh, he's nine years old he's a yorkie poo and he thinks he sees something in the window back there but yeah, sorry <laughs> thank you liz where can we find you online <clears throat> Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Lizzie's Little Book Nook, and website is Lizzie's Little Book Nook.co.uk. Uh, Holly, how about you? I'm on Instagram at azdesert underscore bookworm, and my website is www.azdesertbookworm.com. So, ladies. Nobody says www anymore. Uh, like, you don't really need to say www. I'm old school. I am old school. <laughs> okay? I am a traditional old school. I was. You know, you, you're too young to understand what it's like to be a Gen, what are we, Gen Zs? And, um, you're Gen Zs. You're like, are you a baby boomer? <laughs> I'm way older than all of you. <laughs> I, I am to, old. I have to, I have I'm to. going to be 58 <laughs> years old in January. You're going to be 58 years young. Jen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm great. I feel great, um, but I'm way older than all of you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also why you're brutally honest. You need to keep yeah. us in line, keep us in check. <laughs> Tell us when we're being stupid and make us move on. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope that everybody has a wonderful holiday season, regardless of what holidays you are celebrating. We hope that it's an amazing time with family and friends uh, and that you have safe and fun uh, trips and moments and all of the good stuff and read lots of good books. And we will be back in 2024. Um, so until then, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.